This is the Four Downs NFL Draft Preview Special on TSN 1050, delivered by Domino's. Visit dominoes.ca today. Yes, everybody, it is draft day. My goodness, TSN Four Downs, I cannot wait. This is my Super Bowl. Andy McNamara with you. TSN Four Downs, third annual NFL Draft Preview Show. There is a ton to get to. Guest-wise, Dane Brugler from The Athletic will stop by. And he'll go over his draft Bible that is now available on The Athletic all the prospects listed and graded. Quarterbacks, receivers, we're going to go through the top names, a couple sleepers to watch for. Also, Nathan Shepard, Canadian from Ajax. He was out of football a few years ago. He was a bouncer and ended up having a great combine and drafted from the New York Jets. I spoke with him one year ago, almost to the day, and we'll chat with him again to see how his first year in the NFL went. But let's waste no time. We've got a poll question coming up. Follow us on Twitter at TSN4Downs, at AndyMC81. Uh, live on Twitch, you can watch twitch.tv slash AndyMacLive. But, hey, you know what? Let's get to 3-0. and out. Let's go. First down. And here's where I'm going to start. It's with Kyler Murray. Should he be the first overall pick? That's the question. Arizona Cardinals, they're, they're bluffing, yes. Maybe they'll trade. Maybe they'll take him. Maybe they like Josh Rosen. Maybe they don't. Same general manager bringing a new coach who is a loser coach, Cliff Kingsbury, out of college. And for Kyler Murray, 5'10", generously listed, 207 pounds. I will tell you this. That is fake weight, folks. Okay, That is fake weight because he played at 190, 195. He water weight at the combine and his pro day. Didn't do any of the drills. So you're going to get a guy who's 5'10", under 200 pounds, a skinnier, smaller Johnny Manziel. Russell Wilson and Baker Mayfield are thick guys. The difference, too, they played a lot of college ball. Kyler Murray just one year. So is my overall top quarterback, Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State. He only played one year. The difference is you get a guy who's almost 6'4", 230-plus pounds, who scored 50 touchdowns in a college system with the Buckeyes that was not built for him. But this is a, I, I get emotional when I talk about Kyler Murray, and I think it's ridiculous he gets drafted that high instead of Dwayne Haskins. Let's let the analytics talk about it. Friend of show, NFL Network analytics analyst Cynthia Freeland went over some of the advanced stats as to which QB is more NFL-ready. Well, I really looked at him against the Blitz, which is an area where he totally excelled. Apparently, these Big Ten defenses, they did get the memo. He wants to pass from the pocket. So they were trying to test his mobility. Well, you know what happened? Yeah, 22 touchdowns and only two interceptions. So almost half of his touchdowns came against the Blitz. So Blitz him. See what happens. It's not going to get (laughs) What else did you find that was impressive about his uh, resume as a prospect? Well, since we only have a small sample size of his starting data, I wanted to look at the beginning of games, which means executing his coach's game plan, and then again at the end of games, which means adapting to the defense that he saw. In the beginning of games, 12 touchdowns, which means he was able to effectively and efficiently execute what he was supposed to be doing. And then at the end of games, 14 touchdowns and only one interception, meaning he was able to adapt and close out really strong. So this could be an indication of how he can learn and how he can adapt. And to take that one step further, I think we saw that his three best games this year were his last three, so finished the season strong uh, as well in that light. All right, so when we add all this together, where does Haskins sit in your quarterback rankings? So for me, he is number one. So he is ahead of Kyler Murray. Now, this is team agnostic, so this just means going to any 
team here. Sure. And why? Because if I look at the two most predictive areas, so clean pack, pocket passing and deep passing, these are two areas where Dwayne Haskins really excelled and put that in the context of the defenses that he faced. He faced very tough Big Ten defenses, and he also faced didn't have quite the O-line that Kyler Murray got to stand behind. Right. So put it all together, and for me, he's number one. And still such a big range of where he might go when we get to one, Nashville on Thursday. 50. Right, right. And that's the thing with Dwayne Haskins versus Kyler Murray. I don't think it's an argument at all. I don't. I don't think it's an argument. Dwayne Haskins should be taken first, uh, the first quarterback off the boards. He still may be. This is going to be a fascinating draft to watch from that regard. Let's get on to second down here, and I'm going to go with my favorite wide receiver and favorite defensive and favorite pass rusher, my combine crushes. I fall in love with Saquon Barkley was it a year ago. My combine crushes this year, DK Metcalf. Guy's almost 6'4". He's 230 pounds. He runs a 4-3-3 40-yard dash. They call him Batman people. They call him because his body looks that, like the Batman suit of armor. Great hands. Natural pass catcher. That's what you look for. Where are the hands? Natural pass catcher. He's got some footwork issue. People say, oh, he didn't run a good shuttle. He slept. And his footwork needs to be cleaned up. I cannot teach... 6-3, I cannot teach a 40-plus vertical jump. I can't teach a 4-3-3 40-yard dash. I can clean up your route running. So DK Metcalf, my number one wide receiver. A.J. Brown going to be a great player, I think. Marquise Brown, a little small for my liking, but he's going to be good too. Got some other nice pieces. Debo Samuel, possibly a second-round guy. Paris Campbell from the Buckeyes, another later-round guy. But for size, for speed, definitely. And then Montez Sweat, my God. He's got a heart issue. But that has been cleared by doctors. So as long as that's okay, 6'6", 260 pounds, and runs a 4.4140 yard dash. People, that is faster than Antonio Brown at the combine. Faster than Zeke Elliott. He's, so that goes back to my example. If you're Kyler Murray, you think you're going to be a little zippy guy running around the pocket. How about Montez Sweat coming at you? A guy like that. He is going to be elite. I would take him right after Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa would be my top pass rusher. I would take him above Josh Allen. Montez Sweat, definitely my number two. And uh, some NFL business, the Chiefs trade for pass rusher Frank Clark from Seattle. Gave up their 29th overall first-round pick. So Seattle now is 21 and 29. The 2020 second-round pick, I think that's a good deal you can afford to make if you're the Chiefs. Later round, first-round pick, you get a guy whose stats, sack-wise tackles for losses, were just behind Khalil Mack. Frank Clark doesn't get a lot of hype. But his number is just behind Khalil Mack. So you go that route, and then Kansas City, what do they need to improve? need to improve their defense. Maybe the secondary is still a struggle. You can find value later in this draft. It is deep at those positions later on as projects. But if you can get to the quarterback, we know that's the big issue. And we'll punt to the poll question real quick here before we welcome in Dame Brugler at TSN4Downs on Twitter, at AndyMC81. Who will be the first overall pick? Is it going to be quarterback Kyler Murray? Edge rusher Nick Bosa. How about defensive tackle Quinnen Williams or somebody else? And Quinnen Williams, haven't talked about him. This is a guy, not the sexy quarterback pick, but with Quinnen Williams, the reason Aaron Donald is so popular is because when you have a pass rusher, you've got to go around the edges. The quarterback, if he can step up in the pocket, he can escape that. He can get that extra second to get rid of the ball. And it's built quarter, the rules are built quarterback friendly, but if you collapse the pocket, Quinnen Williams style, Aaron Donald style, you push the quarterback backwards he can't go anywhere that's when the pass rushers can come in so important so you can go that route or if it's somebody else kyler murray is still leading the way uh, on the poll question at tsn four downs he is at 
sixty-four uh, percent of of the of the picks that Kyler Murray will be the first overall pick. Then Bosa at twenty-three, eight percent for Williams, five percent somebody else. I would go Bosa for sure. Wouldn't be upset with Quinn and Williams and Kyler Murray, folks. Bust. I'm calling my shot. I've called it for months. Absolute bust of a pick. I call him almost undraftable because I don't think he's going to be in the league in three years. Too small. Attitude problems. He was told he was supposed to be at a charity event today, and he didn't show up because he didn't feel like it. That's the report out. Didn't had somewhere else to be. Character issues too. Not touching Kyler Murray. We're going to step aside. Dame Brugler from the Athletic with his in detail draft analysis rankings. Who are some of the other guys we should watch out for in this draft? That's coming up on the Domino's Delivery Pizza Line next on TSN Four Downs NFL Draft Preview Show. If you're hungry, check out this great deal from Domino's. Unlimited two topping medium pizzas for just $7.99 each. That's right, as many pizzas as you want with a minimum purchase of two pizzas. So stock up, dig in, and feed that hunger with unlimited two topping medium pizzas. Perfect for the big game, a busy night with the family, or just because. Order online today at dominoes.ca and add on some great side dishes and dessert. That's dominoes.ca. and rolling here on the NFL Draft Preview Show. TSN 4 Downs on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. You can watch live on Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash Andy Mac Live. We are delivered by Domino's. Follow us on Twitter at TSN 4 Downs at AndyMC81. Vote on the poll question. Who should be the first overall pick? Kyler Murray, Nick Bosa, Quinn and Williams, someone else. And you know what else, folks? The weather, it's, it's finally getting better, right? And it, it's time to book your new roof. You need that roofing project, time to get it now. But who do you trust? Now, I had my roof done last year from Mega City Roofing. My guy Tom took great care of me, couldn't be happier. Mega City Roofing gives free estimates, no pressure, written guarantees, and can help with re-roofing, emergency repairs, or whatever you need for your roof. Family Toronto-owned business, they do treat you like family. Check them out online at megacityroofing.com. That's megacityroofing.com. Let's get to my chat with NFL draft analyst extraordinaire from The Athletic, Dane Brugler. Dane, the big day is right here. The draft, you put out what is affectionately known as the beast and your draft guide prospects for uh, like every position, top to bottom, just quickly. People can find it on The Athletic. How many, like, do you even have an idea how many players, how many hours you've put into this project? No, I mean, I, I, I couldn't even possibly quantify that. I mean, I, I'm sure you could ask my wife and she... <laughs> give you a, a big number um but uh you know I, it's a, a year-round thing uh and as a scouting department of one you know that's what it takes yeah a good feel for this entire draft class so uh you know, hopefully people check it out uh on the athletic it's it's part of your subscription so uh if you're interested in the nfl draft i promise you will not be disappointed by the level of detail and uh everything that's included in that guide well and dane what's great about this guide is it's just not for draft day like when your team mm-hmm gets these players, and then in camp you're like, oh, yeah, what was that guy like? Oh, this guy surprised me and jumped up. You could go back and check in the guide about how they were and what they were projected to do. So it's kind of like a year-long little bit of, of, of a reference points for fans, isn't it? Yeah, no question. And, I, I mean, I still find myself to this day going back 
three, four, or five years ago to mm. now. What was his forty-yard dash time coming out yeah. of college? Or you know, because from my perspective, it's it's a way to learn. And okay, you know, this guy turned out to be a good player. Maybe you know, how did I have him ranked in this? But I hear from uh, fans all the time who are referencing past uh, uh, issues and you know, looking at past years just to see you know what he was thought of coming out of, out of college. And so it really is an interesting look when you look back at the the past uh, guides. Dane, let's look. Let's start with quarterbacks, and we'll get into the real depth position groups here. But quarterback is always the sexy group, right? And you have Dwayne Haskins mm-hmm. ranked number one out of Ohio State. I do as well. And then Kyler Murray and Drew Locke. And then after that, it's really a drop-off, I think, from starting caliber guys. Maybe you get a surprise. Who knows, right? But then it's Daniel Jones, Will Greer you have ranked at number five, Ryan Finley, who I like out of NC State. Then the big guy, Tyree Jackson out of Buffalo 6-7. And then you really start to drop off. What in your mind, do you feel are true starting caliber quarterbacks in this draft? Guys who could really, you think, maybe not project to a high backup, but could actually be legit starters? Well, I think at the top four, uh, Askins, who to me this draft, um, Kyler Murray, who I believe will be the first pick, mm-hmm. uh, then Drew Locke from Duke. And then I think you have uh, different kind of tiers where you have uh, the spot starter tier, which I think is Will Griffin from West Virginia, Ryan Finley from NC State, guys who you know, are solid backups and guys that you feel comfortable can step in. And then you have the developmental uh, quarterbacks, guys that need time, uh, but they have upside. They, they're going to be better pros. And that's your Jarrett Stidham from Auburn, Tyree Jackson from Buffalo, uh, you know, guys that show promise, but for whatever reason they're missing something. And with Jarrett Stidham, it's a chance to you know get him out of that Auburn offense, and I think that'll do wonders for him. Tyree Jackson from Buffalo. You wish he would have been back for his senior year. Um, uh, just needs more experience, needs more seasoning at the college level. Has a huge arm, moves really well for a guy that's six seven, two fifty. So the physical traits are great. See decision making still needs to work in those areas. Yeah, and I find for Jackson too, Dana. It's Sometimes with a, a larger, taller quarterback, like let's say Brock Osweiler, uh, they have that elongated delivery that you know isn't going to mm-hmm. convert at the NFL level and they're going to get get creamed. Um, Tyree Jackson, his delivery is pretty quick for a big guy, isn't it? It is. And for a, a guy that, that, bit, that big, 250 pounds, you yeah. don't really expect him to move as well as he does. So I think, yeah, the combination of the movement, the fact that he gets the ball really quickly uh, for a guy that does have uh, over 34 inch arms that that is great and something that you know you can project forward uh, because there are times where uh, if you watch his highlights man he's flinging it down the field and putting it right on usually as Anthony Johnston as top receiver at Buffalo um, but a lot of times his hose just doesn't matter something where uh, you see that you know Cardell Jones comparison that's where right uh, the accuracy is up and down, uh, you know, his ability to deliver with touch and placement. So those are just areas where there's no consistency, right? And the physical traits, the movements, the arm, his ability to get the ball. Uh, yeah, those are things that uh, if you're going to draft him in somewhere in the third to fifth round range, that's what you're banking on. In conversation with Dane Brugler of The Athletic with his massive draft Bible guide on Twitter at DP Brugler. So, Dane, let's get to the strength of this draft. And really, it comes to 
The defensive line, including edge rushers, I think is probably the top one. You got some real nice safeties and cornerbacks in the first round. And then the offensive line. Is defensive line the top area for you in this draft? And and kind of give us an idea of what type of depth we're looking for. Because they're the big names up front. Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, not the quarterback, the other one, uh, Montez Sweat. And, but then when you get into like the second, third, fourth rounds, there's still some real value guys you can get there. Right. And, you know, I really think it's, it's pockets. You know, it, it, there's not one position that's stronger than the rest. I think each pockets where there's depth and there's a strength. And for edge rushers, if it starts at the top of the draft, where there's a good chance we see six pass rushers go in the top 20 picks. Wow. Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, Brian, Cleveland Farrell. Good chance those six guys. And then, yeah, you mentioned, I mean, once we get into the late second round, you know, there's uh, another area when you have your LJ Collier, your Chase Winovich, and I think pass rusher, stronger positions in this group. There's several pockets of uh, at different points in the draft. You know, corner and safety, uh, those three positions, we might not have a single player at, at those positions drafted in the top 20 um, wide receiver, corner, safety. So, but at of top 20 that's where that late first into the second and third round we're going to see those uh, positions receiver uh you know teams not feeling 100 percent comfortable with might opt to wait um so the late first round will be interesting the safeties the corners those guys are going to come off the board pretty quickly in the second round but the top 20 picks it's going to be all about offensive line defensive line and the quarter right 80 85 percent of the top 20 are going to be those three positions and so, you know, it, it's going to give teams a chance to move around a little how, you know, they, if they want to address certain needs or, or, you know, just the receiver later or a receiver, they know they can wait until the second or third round. Maybe they go for an offensive tackle. So that's a position that drops off a little bit. So there are certain points in the draft that are stronger than others, but it really just depends on the position. Yeah, Dan, I like how you put that in, in pockets, and it depends who goes on a run for what. And I bet you we're going to see a few players gotten at a terrific value. Somebody like a Draymond mm-hmm. Jones out of Ohio State who has a second-round grade. Who, heck, he, he, I've seen some. He could drop the late second or early third, depending on how the runs go. So it is deep. Um, now, I want to get to a couple of my – I call them each year, Dan, I get combine crushes. And this year I had a tie for mm. two. I fall in love with one or two players at the combine. The year before it was Saquon Barkley. And I, I, I just build them up, and I'm thinking, these guys are going to be exceptional. I got one on offense, one on defense. And I know he's not perfect, but by God, if you just look at the measurables, he is perfect. DK Metcalf, <laughs> a.k.a. Batman. Like, the guy bigger than Julio Jones, fast as T.Y. Hilton. Like, he just looks like a complete specimen. I know the shuttle work, his, feet, his footwork might not be as clean as you want. But, Dan, I don't know about you. I, I think I can... I would feel comfortable as a coach to teach footwork and route running. I can't teach six four and a four four forty. Like it, it just seems insane. His his measurables. You're right about the the part that you can't catch. You know, or you can't teach. I mean, he's six three and a half, two hundred twenty eight pounds, four three speed. Uh, the power. Uh, the, he has thirty five inch arms. I mean, he has oh. a type of length that makes offensive tackles jealous. So you know, there's so much to like there from a physical perspective. Uh, the big question will be just, yeah, can you develop him? At, you know, all the little nuances of playing the position that are so important. And now, and and what's the comparison for a DK Metcalf? You know, like he's not. I don't think he's Julio Jones. I don't. I mean, there are certain areas where 
you know, he, he they look similar and they have some certain similar traits. But in terms of being an overall receiver, his closest comparison for me might be a juiced up uh, Ted Ginn. You know, because that's what he does best is <laughs> using that speed to get vertical and get downfield. Now, obviously, he's bigger and stronger than Ted Ginn, and so that's going to play on underneath and close uh, you know, the catch point when it's a crowded catch point. That's really going to play, and that's going to help him. Uh, but he's not a guy that's going to snap off uh, these underneath routes and be a, a guy that has that consistent separation based on the footwork and the short area quickness. That's just not his game. Uh, and he was just—he was asked to run basically four routes in that Ole Miss offense, and so it's just a matter of development with him. I—he is my number one receiver, but I have him at 27 overall on my board. Not—I uh, I, would—he's not a guy I'd really like to take until the late first round range. But I certainly understand why so many are high on the upside because, like you said, he has so much that you just can't coach or teach. Just a complete freak in conversation with Dane Brugler of The Athletic talking NFL draft best in the business here, folks, on TSN Four Downs. Now, Dane, I know you're big into the Dallas Cowboys draft um, area. You've, you've been covering the Cowboys on draft night for several years and a team that could use a tight end as well as the New England Patriots. I know they signed Austin Safiri and Jenkins, but boy, you'd think to get some more weapons for Tom Brady and on Dallas' side, do you really, how much are you expecting out of? Jason Witten coming back out of the broadcast booth. This is the deepest uh, tight end class that we've seen in quite some time, I think, right? Like you got the two Iowa guys, Hawkinson and Fant, Irv Smith Jr., and then you go down with uh, to look at some guys like Foster Moreau, who I really like as a fourth or fifth round option with some some upside and some really good hands. Talk to us a little bit about this tight end class and where you think a team like the Cowboys and the Patriots might be able to pick up their potential next great tight end. Yeah, it really is a deep class, and that might be the biggest reason why TJ Hawkinson or Noah Fant, maybe they don't go as high as most people think, just Mm. because teams are going to be more willing to wait uh, until the third, fourth round and come away with a really good tight end. Uh, But yeah, you mentioned at the top, Iowa, first time in NFL history, NFL draft history, we're going to have two players, two tight ends from the same program uh, go in the first round. And then, you know, the the sweet spot's going to be on that day two where Kahale Waring from San Diego State, who's just a fascinating story, didn't touch a football until his senior year in high school, uh, moved to tight end at San Diego State, and he had to Google tight end to know what it meant. Huh. Uh, just a fascinating story, uh, backstory, and his journey uh, to, to the NFL level. Uh, there's, there's so much potential there. Dawson Knox from Ole Miss didn't score. T- last time he scored a touchdown was his junior year in high school. Uh, just he was not a big part of that Ole Miss offense. And so, you know, it's up to uh, evaluators uh, to understand is it just, is it more, uh, they didn't trust him? Is it they, the offensive coordinator was so stubborn in what they were doing on offense that they didn't find ways to incorporate the tight end more. Um, and then Jay Sternberger from A&M, who's also in that day two mix. Uh, player uh, transfer from Kansas to A&M, blew it up this past year um, as one of the best tight ends in the nation. Uh, but, but even after those guys, Josh Oliver from San Jose State, to me, is the top senior tight end this year. He could sneak in the top 100. Caden Smith from Stanford, a 4-9, 40-yard dash. But when the ball is in his area, he comes down with it. Really physical player. Drew Sample from Washington, one of the best all-around tight ends. He can block. Uh, he can run. He can catch. Uh, Trevon Wesco, another guy that was underutilized in college at West Virginia, wasn't a big part of what they were doing down the field in that offense. But when he had opportunities, he took advantage of them. And at 267 pounds, 
He can block as well. Uh, and you mentioned Foster Moreau. So, you know, this, this tight end group has so many options at different levels. If you want to get one in the second, third, fourth, fifth round, there's going to be someone worth taking at those spots. Going to be a lot of fun. And, Dane, you put so much work into it. So thank you for putting that guide together. Again, tell people where they can get it, where they can find it. Best way is go on my Twitter, at DP Brugler. It's pinned at the top. And, again, it's part of your athletic subscription. Um, so, it, you know, it's all the great content we're pumping out. Uh, big believer in what we're doing at The Athletic. This is just kind of an extra perk, a, a way to uh, make you feel even better about your subscription. And uh, I promise you, there is not a more detailed or extensive draft guide out there than this one. So if you're a fan of the draft, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Oh, yeah. And, brother, I, I sing this praise all up and down. People in Canada know about the draft guide. So thank you so much for taking <laughs> the time, brother. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you, Andy. There he is, Dan Brugler of The Athletic with the draft guy. We'll take the break. You don't want to miss this story. I chatted with him a year ago. He got drafted by the Jets. He was out of football. Canadian Nathan Shepard, defensive lineman for the Jets from Ajax, Ontario, joins me next on the NFL Draft Preview Show here on TSN 1050. It's draft day, baby. NFL draft preview show here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. This is TSN 4 Downs. I'm Andy McNamara on Twitter at TSN 4 Downs at AndyMC81. Vote who will be the first overall pick in this year's NFL draft. You can watch live as well on Twitch, twitch.tv slash AndyMacLive. Watch and subscribe there. And also, guys, hey, if you're getting up early and you haven't tried Station Cold Brew Coffee, you are missing out. Local Toronto-based company, Station Cold Brew. They're the craft beer of coffee, okay? Only natural organic ingredients are used in flavors like mocha, chicory, vanilla, and coconut. I've tried them all. I love them all. Just give them a shake. Pour for a delicious, creamy coffee. They've replaced my energy drinks for me, right? Like, it gives you the caffeine to wake up, but there's no sugar crash. So try them out. They're in major grocery chains across Canada. You can order online, stationcoldbrew.com. They have some cool smoothie and coffee cocktail recipes as well on the site. So check that out. Trust me, guys, you will love it. Go to stationcoldbrew.com. Give them a try. You're also going to love my chat with Nathan Shepard of the New York Jets Canadian. He was out of football from Ajax, Ontario. Here's that chat. Joining me now, it is Nathan Shepard of the New York Jets from Ajax, Ontario. And a year ago, I chatted with him on TSN Four Downs. At this point, Nathan was a combine star riser out of nowhere, and he ended up going in the third round to the Jets. We welcome him back to kind of get get a, a, a revamp, a look at the year that's been. Nathan, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling great, man, and it's great to be back on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Well, we've been following your success, and as I told you last year, I grew up in Pickering, and so Ajax and Pickering are right beside each other, and so we've been we've been rooting for you. Um, take me back, because this time last year, like I said, you just finished the combine, heck of a workout, and everybody was starting to take notice of you, and we didn't know what was going to happen on draft time. So from then to now, being able to look back, what are some of your thoughts on the process pre-draft? Like, what do you remember leading up to that big day a year ago? Um, I think what I remember most is just, you know, following the plan that I had set, and I was just so grateful had a great team of guys around me um, and a lot of resources that I was able to, you know, make the most of the trajectory that I was on and, and um, <clears throat> you know, just be able to soak up the success that came with it. Yeah, and you had 
all the tour of duties, right? Like you were posting on social media, you were visiting the different teams. That I think it was uh, Minnesota for sure and a, and a couple other spots yep. that, that you're, you're traveling around. How is that like? Because that's got to be pretty cool. We'll get to your, your story, kind of revisit how you got here. But from being out of football and working your way back in, um, how is that to be uh, having to be courted a little bit and shown around to these different facilities? Uh, it was actually um, definitely a really, really nice addition and probably like a good um, little bit of a break from all the training. Yeah. So that was, that was definitely really awesome to be able to see all these different teams. But then it was also um, just kind of like I did say a break, but also helps you to refocus to realize, okay, what's happening and how am I going to prepare for you know, the next step that I'm going to have to take. So, again, it was great to meet all these different coaches and different players that were there, get a, a feel of what I was stepping into before I was actually going to be there, and kind of allowed me to mentally prepare myself to hit the ground running. So, Nathan, take people back. For those who may have forgotten or, or don't know your story, I absolutely love the journey because you want to talk about overcomer. You Like, let's face it, Ajax, Ontario – from where we are in Durham region, just east of Toronto, it's not an NFL hotbed, right? In Canada and, and hockey's first and, and all that. Take us through a little bit. Give us the cold notes of, of how you got back into NCAA. Because you were out of football for a little bit. Like how did, Just take us back a little bit, how that, that journey over the last couple of years led you to where you are today. Yeah, so um, out of high school, I, I played football. I did not really... Uh, gravitate towards any of the sports as well. Football was uh, what I wanted to play. Um, I had to make a transition from uh, linebacker to defensive line. I was undersized and really only had a, maybe one or two opportunities. I ended up going to Simon Fraser, uh, and I was you know 17. Played linebacker originally. I was about 205, 210 pounds, and I was on the practice squad the first year. Uh, got up to 250 my second year, so I redshirted my first year. My redshirt freshman year, I was about 250, played defensive tackle. Um, did two years at Simon Fraser, uh, redshirt, and a uh, redshirt uh, freshman year. Um, you know, things weren't working out for me at that at that institution. Uh, I had to leave for different reasons, and um, that was a period where I had to figure out what my next step was going to be. So during that time, you know, I was working and I was training. Um, out in British Columbia for a time, and then I had moved back to Toronto and continued to work and train and save up, took some junior college classes, continued to train, and eventually, maybe a year to year and a half later, uh, I think that was uh, the spring of 2015, 2015, yeah. I ended up um, walking on to Fort A State, which is a D2 in Midwestern Kansas, Fort A State University, uh, completed spring ball, and you know, earned a starting position. I was given a scholarship for the following um, fall, which is amazing. And being from from going yeah. out of football, like like Nathan, I don't know how how hard of people recognize. Like a lot of people would go to that step and think, you know what, it didn't work out. Almost okay, and go on to the next phase. What kept you going? Like like why? What drove you to say, you know what, man? No, this isn't the end for me. I'm going to keep going. What what drove you? I think I just kind of had to break out of this paradigm or this box that I felt I was supposed to fit in. 
um, but you see other people necessarily follow, which I have nothing against that, but it just wasn't for me. I think um, a lot of people have the idea where, you know, you go to college and if it doesn't work, you know, or you drop out or whatever it might be, maybe you start a different job or a different area or whatever it might be. And for some people, they do that. Some people, they don't. Um, I, For me, what I had to realize is that, hey, you know what? Just because you didn't get your degree in four years and you're not in an apprenticeship or you're not an, an internship or have a job at this moment doesn't mean that you're a failure, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I just stopped comparing myself with what everyone else was doing because if you listen to, hey, you know, I'm, I'm you know, 21, 22, I should be at this There's point no in my life. There's no better way to drive home than you with know, these guys. I might have some things just to kind of get there, but I had to say, you know what? I'm not where other people who are my age. I might not even be where I'm at, but I'm not going to speed through things or try and just find something to do. If I got to take a step back and go back and, and figure it out in order to be where I want to be uh, years from now, then that's what I'm going to do, and those are the steps I'm going to take. And you did it in conversation with Nathan Shepard from Ajax, Ontario, and member of the New York Jets. So we're flashing forward here now, man, okay? You got, you, you made it. You got through school, went to the combine, balled out, and it was phenomenal watching you on NFL Network. You stole, Mike Mayock, now GM of the Raiders. Heck, if this was a year earlier, he might have drafted you to the Raiders, man. But he was he was going crazy for you. <laughs> he was going crazy for you, as, as were all of, uh, of us back here. But... Then it's draft day. It's the draft weekend. And, uh, you know, I'm sure like yourself, we didn't know where you were going to go, right? Was it you, Before the combine, you had, a, I believe, it was a sixth-round grade, and that had catapulted up to a third-round grade. Take me through those couple days, day one, day two, because then it started to get into, okay, where, where do you go? What was your mindset like the first two days of the draft last season? Well, I mean, I was definitely watching with anticipation and, um, you know, my team and I, we had drawn up some possibilities on, on, on you know, what teams were interested and, in, you know, how interested they were, they were and what their needs were. But again, all that is speculation. So uh, we were very much in the dark, as were you and, and other fans. Yeah. Um, you're just kind of watching to see, you know, what teams are taking a run on. You know, I had a uh, average idea of where I might have fallen um, for, in around the draft for my position, specifically where I might have gone. So we're just trying to watch and say, okay, how many defensive tackles are going, how early, how late, things like that. Right. And then just kind of wait in the anticipation. And then, and- yeah, just kind of wait <laughs> in the anticipation, right? Because that's kind of how it happens. Like, you know, one, one team will start selecting – you know, corners, and then it's almost like teams make a run on corners. Right. Then maybe it's two linemen or whatever it might be, but it was kind of like um, a, a run on, on specific positions. At least that's what it seems like. Yeah, no, you're totally right. It's like one team takes and it's like, oh, well, well we better get ours now, right? And, and then kind of go exactly go in that pattern. Yeah. So, you've, so it was kind of just seeing that. Yeah, and be able to wait. Then the, the, the chime goes, dun, 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 right? The chime goes, your name gets selected, the New York Jets. Instant reaction. Your name was said you are a member of the NFL. Instant reaction. First thing that flooded into your mind. 
smiles and then silence and then it got very loud <laughs> and you just could just a, it was just a moment to kind of exhale yeah you know yeah um I think the greatest thing was being able to be at home mm-hmm. around my family, friends, and loved ones, and for us to have this moment to celebrate. Um, it was a definitely short-lived. Be, uh, looking back on it, just because it's like you just go, 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 it felt great to just have that moment. Right. Um, and there's there's tons of videos and pictures I was able to take, and when I go back home, I kind of reconnect with those moments and, um, and, and just enjoy that. But... Shortly after the draft, uh, you're going to be on a plane going to your prospective team, prospective team, and then you know going on to whatever they have planned for you. So great moment. Looking back on it, it was like, oh, that happened so quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the work starts right then. And, and then the work starts. Yeah, yeah. right away. And then the vacation's over. Yeah. Vacation's over. Recording's over. The vacation's over, <laughs> and it's time to to get a. Man, you know what? Uh, I expect big things out of you, and good luck to you, your young family, your beautiful young family there, Nathan, and we'll be rooting for you all the way up here, and uh, big things ahead for you, my friend. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Hey, it was awesome. Hopefully, I can come back here sooner than later. Absolutely. We'll talk to you real soon. Thanks, Nathan. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, there he is, Nathan Shepard. Love that story. Canadian overcomer now with the New York Jets. We will step aside and come back to wrap up the NFL Draft Preview Edition of TSN 4 Downs. Raiders control the first round with three picks. What do the Patriots do? Will they get a weapon for Tom Brady? How do they replace Gronk? And are the Redskins going to trade up to the top five to get a quarterback? We'll wrap it up as well as discuss who the first overall pick is going to be on TSN 4 Downs. If you're hungry, check out this great deal from Domino's. Unlimited two-topping medium pizzas for just $7.99 each. That's right, as many pizzas as you want with a minimum purchase of two pizzas. So stock up, dig in, and feed that hunger with unlimited two-topping medium pizzas. Perfect for the big game, a busy night with the family, or just because. Order online today at dominoes.ca and add on some great side dishes and dessert. That's dominoes.ca. Back to wrap up the TSN 4 Downs NFL Draft Preview Show. It's officially draft day, folks. I'm Andy McNamara. Get us on Twitter at TSN4Downs at AndyMC81. Watch live and subscribe on Twitch, twitch.tv slash AndyMacLive. And, you know, let's get an update on the poll question here as we wrap things up and do a little bit of a a mock draft theme and go through some of the top storylines. Question was, at TSN4Downs, you can vote. Who will be the first overall pick in the NFL draft? Who's it going to be? Kyler Murray, Nick Bosa, Quinn and Williams, or someone else? Kyler Murray, 65%. Let's go behind the glass to Arad Asvandia. Arad, what are you feeling here for the first overall pick? Our great technical producer here. Um, is it Kyler Murray? Like, I don't want it to be Kyler Murray, but are you feeling Kyler Murray? Yeah, the weather, the, the compass points towards Kyler Murray because I feel like all the other between the if you read between the lines, everything says Kyler Murray. The way the Cardinals are treating Josh Rosen, yeah, and Wait, like which you know, is ridiculous. You know they're not treating Rosen like this because they want to go with Brent Huntley. <laughs> so I feel like it's it's definitely it looks like Kyler Murray will be the number one overall pick to me. All right, you know what? They might. 
They might the way that is that operation is going with Klein as the GM, who's the GM last year, who gave up assets to move up to get Josh Rosen. Now you get this losing college coach Cliff Kingsbury to come in. There's talk that they're going to trade out. There's talk they might go somewhere else. Maybe it's all smoke and mirrors. And firing Steve Wilkes after one season. Yeah, and and you know what? He's the Browns' gain. Now he's the Browns' defensive coordinator. So I'll take him. So okay. So Kyler Murray is the leader in the clubhouse. Um, man. I, I I think that is a complete and total bust of a pick. But the team that really controls the draft, and they, things can get weird at a moment's notice right off the bat if the Cardinals trade out or don't take Kyler Murray, but the team that really controls the first round is the Oakland Raiders. Three first-round picks, they got those for trading Khalil Mack, so now they need defensive help, trading Amari Cooper, and their own pick. Now, do they, there's been rumors, too. Do they look to get another quarterback? I would think running back would have to be on the radar because Marshawn Lynch announced his retirement, and really the only replacement was Isaiah Crowell, who's a good back, played for the Browns, Jets last year. But uh, this guy has proven he is not a Tier 1 bell cow. So I'm thinking maybe when you go down with the Raiders and you look at that second first-round pick, maybe that's where they take Josh Jacobs, a junior out of Alabama. The only running back really with a first-round grade. That's And if they like somebody else position-wise, Damian Harris out of Alabama, maybe after so the two Bama backs, I don't, you know, and, and then you get really deep into specialized guys, Miles Sanders, a Singletary. Uh, I do like uh, Travion Williams, and, and there are some individual pass catchers that, that can be good. Tony Pollard as a kick returner, sixth round, but really Josh Jacobs for a first-round pick might be the guy. You got to sandwich that, though, those picks, with defensive studs. You got to. So I have the Raiders taken, uh, if all stays the same, at four. Either Ed Oliver or Josh Allen, uh, depending on how, if they want to go pass rush, if they want to go tackle in the middle with Quinton Williams right before him to the New York Jets and Bosa at two after Kyler Murray. So you got that, that angle down. Now, the other area, and the draft is never sexy for them because they're either winning Super Bowls or, or just losing Super Bowls, is the New England Patriots. And Tom Brady, with the loss of Gronk, even Chris Hogan, uh, he doesn't have any weapons. He's got Sony Michelle in the backfield, and that's it. Will they get them a weapon? Arad, you're a Pats fan. Are you a little nervous? Because if they go defense or offensive line or something, who the hell is Tom Brady going to throw to? I'm never nervous about the Pats. Let's nervous. just get that yeah. out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as long as Belichick has the has the headset on, I'm fine. He's okay. But I think they're going to do the most Pats thing that the Pats do almost every year, and they're going to trade this first rounder for Jeez. a first rounder next year or like two <laughs> second rounders. Like you they do wait. this every year, Andy. Like every you see year. it, right? Like every year they do it. Every and year. Like the guy they had their eye on, they um they have their eyes on is Noah Fant, the tight end from Iowa. Yeah, the two Iowa guys, because you have yeah. Hawkinson go first, and Fant is the one that could fall. Also, Irv Smith Jr. Maybe, um, depending. But if they if they think, because the Bats can get value out of guys, right? So if you think they have, they mastered the second round picks. Oh yeah, that's where Grant came from. A guy to watch for maybe later if they choose to get cute. Sixth or seventh round, Tommy Sweeney. Caught everything that came his way. Doesn't stand out as an elite athlete. Really, it, like good, good size for the position, but doesn't, doesn't have incredible speed. Ran a 4.840, but catches the ball. And if, you, if they think they like the upside of Austin and Safarian Jenkins bringing him in injury-prone and all, maybe they go that type of route 
and go for that next level. It's a deep tight end group, but I'm with you. A Noah Fant would make a whole lot of sense at tight end uh, for the Pats there. Maybe they look to go wide receiver. Maybe a Paris Campbell out of Ohio State, six-foot zip guy. You can pop him in the slot. You can put him outside. Maybe he'll fall. Maybe they trade up. Who knows, right? That's somebody else you might see at the end of the end of the first round. And the last bit of news that is really interesting, the last time we started hearing these type of rumblings, they sold the house for RG3. The Washington Redskins, rumors coming out tonight that they are exploring trading into the top five. Talking with teams, that is confirmed from multiple sources, and the reason they would do that is to trade up, jump ahead of the New York Giants to get Dwayne Haskins, who we talked about at the top of the show as my top quarterback, elite arm strength, elite size, mobile enough, but he's not going to run. He's a pocket guy and a much better option. My top-rated quarterback, much better than Kyler Murray. Uh, Drew Locke uh, underneath him for me. So if, if Haskins maybe goes early in the Giants trade up to get him even in Kyler Murray, maybe Drew Locke is an option for the Redskins. Daniel Jones, after that, you really just get into high-end backups in my mind you, you kind of get into that situation and that's something you could look for the Patriots to do too later on maybe a Jackson out of Buffalo a 6-7 big guy you put him in and you, in, you know a couple years you try to trade him for, for a fourth round pick Patriots are, have made a living on doing that but Washington keep your eye on them as maybe a trade-up option to get Haskins and what do the Giants do at quarterback what did they do at QB because they're drunk on Eli Manning. We know that. Dave Gittleman has done some peculiar things. Are they rebuilding? Are they trying to contend? Do you get Eli's successor? Do you wait another year and try for next year's draft, but then you're clearly mailing it in? It's bizarre there in New York because there's some mock drafts that have them getting Haskins with the Browns pick that they got in the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. I don't see Haskins waiting until 17. Dolphins might jump up and get him. Right? Dolphins could use a developmental quarterback. How about that? Right? Washington, again, makes sense for them. You're going into the season with Case Keenum, Colt McCoy? That's not going to do anything for you. So there are, there are so many different layers here. And I think if, if Kyler Murray goes first, there is going to be a rush to get Dwayne Haskins and Drew Locke after that. There's going to be some, some value there. So, folks, that'll do it for the NFL Draft Preview Show. If you're in Toronto, if you're downtown on Thursday night, I will be hosting the NFL Canada official draft party at the Pint right near the Rogers Center on John Street. Great place. If, if you RSVP, you get free drink tickets, food, tons of prizes. I'll be hosting that with Dave Naylor. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So check that out. If you miss any of the show, get the podcast on iTunes, tsn1050.ca show page. I'll pop it up again on Twitch TV slash Andy Mac Live. So check that out. Thanks so much to producer Sean, to Arad, to all of you. For listening to this NFL Draft Preview Show, we'll be back with the post-draft show Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. right here on TSN 1050.